Hi everyone and welcome to the One Mind Meditation Podcast, where we explore how you can squeeze meditation into the accelerating pace of a 21st century lifestyle. On this show, we explore the art of meditation and mindfulness and we interview meditation teachers and everyday practitioners. We share tips, we find stories that illuminate why this ancient practice matters now more than ever. On this show, you'll learn the latest science and you'll learn how to bring the benefits of meditation into your work, your health, your play, your relationships, and your life. And today, we talk with a special guest, avid meditator and professional boxer, Danny O'Connor. Among his many accomplishments, Danny was awarded the 2008 National Golden Gloves Championship, and he represented his country in the 2008 Olympics as an alternate on the United States boxing team. His current boxing record is 26 wins and 3 losses. In this episode, I had the chance to talk with Danny about how and why he embraced the practice of meditation and how it has become a central part of his training as a boxer. But as you'll hear, the story goes much deeper than boxing. Meditation has had a deeply transforming effect on Danny. I loved doing this interview. And I think you're going to learn a lot from what Danny has to say about the benefits of a daily meditation practice. And it might sound like a funny thing to say, but Danny is probably the most compassionate boxer you might ever meet. And I don't think it's hyperbole to say that Danny's story is really, it's a fascinating story about the evolution of a warrior. And just a quick note before we jump in, the audio quality in the interview falters a few times, and I just want to ask you to hang in there. The phone gets a little bit ragged at a few points, but don't worry because it corrects itself, and it's so worth it to listen through to benefit from Danny's unique story and his experience. So without further introduction, here's my conversation with Danny O'Connor. Danny, welcome to the show. It's so great to have you on here. Welcome. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. I'm excited. Awesome. Well, great. We can just roll right into it. So I'd love to start our interviews just finding out a little bit more about your story. Can you share your story? How did you how did you come to meditation? What was the catalyst? What propelled you there? What's your What's your story? Ah, uh, geez, that's such a that's such a broad statement. I have such a long story. Yeah. But uh, the meditation aspect of it, honestly, I it's a way of life for me now. Like, regardless, you take sport and everything out of it, because obviously I'm, I'm boxing. But now, because of the proof is in the pudding, and I'm aware of what's going on now, it's mm-hmm. a way of life for me. But when, I think initially when I first started, it was to try to better my mental aspect of sport. Yeah. And my sports doctor, Greg Carton, had been telling me about it for a while because he's the one that kind of introduced me to mindfulness and kind of that topic right there. So 
I kind of had an informal practice going the whole time anyway. Yeah. And he had been telling me for a while to get into meditation. Actually, let me backtrack for a second. I sure. Can re- I, can, I can remember after learning all the mindfulness stuff, then I was like so intrigued by how much sharper you can make your brain and, and you know, your senses and all that stuff. If you look yeah. at it, I don't know if you're familiar with the flow state, but Greg had yes. to read this really awesome book, The Rise of Superman. Yes, I know and, the book. Right. And when I related to this book being in the boxing world and, and really, if you read the book and you don't know anything about it, a lot of it kind of sounds a little bit crazy because it's all just, you can't really explain it. And it's like, you know, if you haven't really experienced, it's hard to fathom, I guess. But, you know, I had noticed it a lot. And so I started to do all this research about the brain, man. And my goal was to better my brain for competition. You know, I, I didn't know what the path was, but I was like, something has to work. So I remember getting like books on ninjas and <laughs> books on yeah. the military to see what kind of, tr- you know, mental training they were doing. I had a special ops book that talked about like, you know, your levels of under adrenaline. And I started mm-hmm. to learn about the body. I read that book, uh, why zebras have stripes. And like, I really was doing all this research and, you know, as I continued to do this research, I really found what I was looking for was having a very, very powerful mindfulness based practice. Yeah. And I started off doing all the mindfulness stuff. So trying to be aware, trying to be in the present moment. Um, I did all that, but eventually it kind of I don't want to say it came to a halt because I'm always learning new stuff, but it came to like thing where I knew I needed to, to take another step. I didn't know what it was. And at the time, meditation to me was uh, very unfamiliar. I, you know, I was very into yoga for a bunch of years before this. And yeah, I think along the line, I created this, this relationship that I had with kind of the Zen and with yoga. And, and it was only one-sided. I didn't really get all of it. You know, I was going to, to yoga to learn how to relax, but I was really falling asleep. I was trying to do guided meditation, but I wasn't really listening to what they were saying. And I would end up falling asleep halfway through it. So I had like this misconceived notion that meditation was just about relaxing. And yeah. yes, that might be a, you know, a little aspect of it, but there's more variety of what's going on. So Greg kept telling me for like the longest time, like I just was never ready, man. I, I, I don't know. I just couldn't bring myself about doing it. So a couple months passed, a bunch of months. And then all of a sudden I was on a trip and this is really where I was aware of my journey, not just looking back and be like, Oh, I'm on a journey. Like I literally yeah. was like, this is where it kind of all came together for me. I was in Ireland I went there by myself. I left the family home. I was on a training trip and I was there for two and a half weeks boxing. Uh, I went down to Dublin and it was one of the busiest days. There was some parade and I was walking through it and it was, it was, it was mayhem. Like there were so many people you couldn't even walk. And then I came out to this little opening in front of me and it was this guy. And I, I can remember like yesterday, he was sitting there on the pillow meditating and I stopped and I just looked at him and it's just something about it. There were so many people around and I'm a very, I don't know how you explain it. I'm very cautious. You know what I mean? The way I was raised, yeah. I'm very, uh, my wife says untrusting. So like just to sit there in the middle with your eyes closed, being complete, what looked like just a state of peace of, of not 
so much worried about what else was happening. So mm -hmm. I thought, you mm -hmm. know, it just like called to me. So, you know, I started asking more questions about about meditation to Greg that time, and he put me on to a couple uh, different people, and you know, I started doing the research. And but the point of the story is, is I went back to the hotel that day, and I'm like. I don't know. Something was calling me. It was time to do it. So I, I, I did it. I went from uh, twice a day right away to, uh, you know, every single day. I haven't missed a time on the pillow, even if it's only for half an hour. Yeah. Um, and that was last June. So yeah. I just literally hopped right in. And, you know, I think it's life changing because, you know, what I didn't understand about meditation is that it, you know, I have a lot of stuff going on in me and, and I can't compare it to another person because I can never feel what someone else feels. But in me, I mean, it's especially when it's unknown, it's a hurricane inside there. So when I really was ready to sit down with myself and start facing myself and figuring myself out, it was like this freedom, this get out of jail that I've been in my head for since I can remember. Mm. And it really changed my mind and my view of meditation. Like meditation literally is figuring, figuring yourself out, understanding yeah. what's going on inside you. And, you know, it's freeing. It's such a different life. And, you know, I'm trying to spread the word. I mean, it's, it's so life changing. I just wish that everyone could have an open mind to it. Yeah. So it sounds like, so you were, so you were training and you were boxing and then, it sounds like something like you had heard about this different approach to training your mind through meditation and mindfulness. And Greg was seeding, it sounds like, a lot of that in your work with him. And it sounds like you were doing some of these practices like the yoga already, but then something clicked for you when you saw this guy in Ireland. Right, where yeah, the, where, 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 That's interesting. So the thing that was leading up to that, like that desire in you because like i always find this interesting it sounds like something was really driving you to that point and you, you know i can hear it in the way you're talking about it that there was like a, a desire to find a certain level i don't know what's the word maybe clarity maybe like focus or maybe like you know you talked about it like starting to sit down right and, and one you totally yeah go ahead outside, that's totally outside of even you know just the the meditation you know, practice on the pillow itself. Like the drive you're talking about is, is my journey. I mean, I have been on my journey and, you know, I think earlier in my ages when I wasn't as trusting of the process and when I wasn't as trusting of really anything and I was kind of more scared and I always questioned stuff, you know, now I've evolved and, you know, my spirituality and, and, and my meditation, you know, formal yeah. and informal practice where, I'm very much more trusting of the process. So back then, yeah, that, that was, you know, whatever force bringing me on my journey, that was like one of uh, the very crucial steps um, on my journey. And, you know, there's been a bunch of them and, and all different and, and amazing as the other one because they all kind of have brought me to where I am right now. Does that make sense? Absolutely makes sense. So, right. yeah, absolutely. So right. when you... Go ahead. The meditation, Sorry. the meditation, when I actually sat down on the pillow, that really brought my mindfulness practice to a different level. That was like the, you know, listen, I, I have my journey 
has been very, very lot of suffering and really deep suffering. So when that meditation gave me that medicine, it, it was freeing because it allowed me to really understand myself and keep understanding myself and, and growing spiritually, not physically, that, you know, it, it allowed me to kind of balance some of this stuff. So it really was the missing piece um, in my personal mindfulness practice that kind of started to bring everything together for me. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, I have a question about that. So it sounds like, so it sounds like when you were talking about that suffering, it sounds like you were feeling, you were like dogged by a lot of that suffering and that meditation started to give you a space that helped you deal with that. And how can I ask you, like for you personally, what was it about meditation that you started to find some peace from that suffering, that restlessness? Well, really it's, uh, Man, it's so many things that goes into that. I mean, I see where I am now, and I and I look back, and I, you know, I try obviously not to ruminate in the past, but I look back and I see that how much of my life was actually lived in autopilot, where I wasn't even present for the experience that was happening right in front of my eyes. I was, hmm. you know, lost in thought or lost in worry, which caused. I mean, listen to this. My my first pro fight, my first loss, which was one of the another crucial crucial moments right there was a 10 round anxiety attack i mean anxiety yeah. panic i have so many different instances where i was a prisoner to my own brain because i didn't understand it so mm. it, it literally was freeing in so many ways i could start to pinpoint the sensations in my body the thoughts also with the help of greg and really learning that you know the 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 mindfulness process and what went into Started getting very curious about Buddhism and learning about them. And the more research I did and the more time I spent doing my own practice, you know, it's freeing because I kind of balance everything that's going on now. I understand, you know, there's a different point of view of stuff. And, you know, I I really have been more accepting of compassion, self-compassion and compassion to others. So I think for a majority of my life, I lived as a good person, but I used a lot of the unskilled states of the brain. They ran my life. Everything was unskillful. And as I started meditating, and by unskillful, I mean like, you know, jealousy, anger, greed, you know, whatever. Yeah. The negative negative traits that some people would call very unpleasant. You know what I mean? So for a majority of my life, I think those were kind of skill chippers. So as I started to do this meditation, this practice, the skillful thoughts, started to take over i started to you know strengthen those and those are love and and passion and and kindness and you know thinking before i talk and listening to people and i I really was just i think my whole journey really is just to have been a matter of me finding finding myself finding really what i believe in as a person not what i'm told to believe in or what society does but me as a person really you know, being solid to myself, being true to myself. This is what I believe in. This is what I don't believe in. These are my morals. It was really growing me as a person. You know, I think a lot of it had to do with yeah being a dad and a husband, you know, help that maturity. But really I was maturing into a man and, and I was, you know, being solid. So uh, I forgot what we were talking about though. You, you were, yeah, you were just... I asked you about the suffering and how meditation right. helped you deal with that. And like, it does sound like from what you're saying that you 
right away, or at least very soon, started to experience a whole array of benefits, a whole, oh, it sounds like a whole world opened up for you through right. meditation. A, a, a whole different world, and it was as simple as a change of, changing of the way that you think. You know, you know, my mind just all of a sudden opened up. You know I mean, and you, once you change the way you think, you know, you kind, you, you kind of, I really have learned to be accepting of what is because I think the whole time I was in autopilot and then I'm running around with these unskillful traits, I'm trying to change everything. I'm not liking the way I feel. I'm not liking yeah. the anxiety. I'm not liking the panic. Why can't I do this differently? It's all these things. And now what meditation has really done for me along with a million other things that just keep coming to mind right now is that it's lets me know that I'm, I'm okay. Like I'm, I'm all right. Like the way yeah. I feel is all right. I'm accepting of and, and as soon as I accepted it, now I can operate. Now I can be really sharp. You know what I mean? That my brain is working because I know that, you know, sometimes you're going to feel pleasant. Sometimes you're going to feel unpleasant, but they're both coming and you're going to deal with them both the same and they're both okay. And, and you're going to be neutral and you're just going to, things are, things are a lot okay when you're accepting of what is, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I relate directly to what you're saying. I think you hit the nail on the head for me when you said that you're okay. Cause I, I think so much about you, you said you knew that you're okay. And I think so much of like, if you're fighting against yourself, you, you fight right. life and it's right. not, there's no difference, man. That's like when I'm fighting against myself, you're fighting everything. It's a big deal when it's all just right. coming at you. And right. most of us, as you said, this is what I've seen in the work I do. It's just not, and also just from, I've, you know, I meditated for over 20 years. You naturally resist all these different ways. You resist life and you resist what right. is. And that's what I was getting from what you're saying is there's a certain amount of letting go. Right, absolutely. I mean, that's that's really it. You know, and that's that's like the exact logo I had for my whole life. I was always fighting myself, man, and it was a losing battle. Yeah. You know what I mean? My my peaks and valleys at one point, you can ask Greg, my peaks and valleys were so high. I mm. mean, one, one day I was on top of the world because my brain was working skillful, and the next day I was couldn't get off the couch for a week. I was so in a negative spot, and, and I never, for so many years, it drove me nuts because I couldn't figure it out. I'm the type of person, if something's wrong or if something needs to be done, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to do it. You know, I have a very, very special brain. When I put it to something, I'll do anything. Like, yeah. you know, I made the Olympic team over me after a couple of years. I never even boxed until I was 16. Some of these kids start boxing when they're two years old. It's just, that's the type of person that I am. That You know, my striving level is abnormally high. So I'm always going to just be able to, to do stuff because of the brain I was given. But I just, it was very frustrating not being able to figure out. Like, you know, one day I'd be on top of the world and the next day I wouldn't. And I didn't know why or what was causing the shift until I started, you know, honestly, the, I think the biggest thing is until you're ready to see what really is, that's the most important thing. You can, you can accept anything you want, but if you don't see it, if you're not aware, of it, be true to it, as in, if you're in denial, then that's going to be a problem before anything else happens. Because, you know, I couldn't really sit down and mature as a man and as a person and spiritually, mentally, if I wasn't, you know, willing to face my stuff and, 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 and slowly but gradually i did and it was a very fearful process and stuff every day i mean that's what allows me to grow but you really got to see the situation for what it is you got to be willing to face it and, and you know you accept what it is yeah absolutely and meditation helps you start to become stable in the in, right. you know 
that's like, oh yeah, sharpens all. And that's like, you know, in terms of Buddhism, what you're saying is such a, a core concept in Buddhist psychology is you, you have, before you can really develop insight, you just have to stabilize your mind. Right. And that's a lot of what I'm hearing and what you're saying. You do, you, in order to, well, there are a few things that you said very powerful. Obviously, you can't let go of something until you see it. And to see it, you need to have the stability of your practice just as a basic ground to stand on. And uh, yeah, I think it's so true. And I had a question for you about this. So like, so one thing as you were talking, it made me think a lot about like, so you, before you started meditating, you must have identified just naturally as a warrior, as a fighter. I'm curious how your either definition or self-image as a warrior has, you know, and I use that term loosely, loosely as, a, as a fighter, as a, you know, as a, that core aspect of being a warrior. How has that shifted in your mind as you've become grounded in meditation? Because there's a long tradition of, especially in the East, talking about meditation in the context of warriorship and you occupy this very interesting niche where you're actually a professional fighter, you're a professional boxer, and now you're deeply steeped in this practice. And I, I'd be curious to hear a little bit of the evolution of your thinking about about yourself as a as a warrior. Um, yeah, I mean, does that, that does that make great, sense? Yeah, that's a great question. That uh, that is something I can answer from personal experience. So when I started this journey, I absolutely started to feel more like a warrior like i i look back and i don't even you know yeah i was a warrior i was out in battle and i was just physically though physically like a true warrior is someone that can use their brain i mean our brains are the most important tool that we have and, and a true warrior think of like all those samurais all those yeah. you know oriental style uh ninjas like they're so stealthy and smooth and focused and, and yeah. just higher awareness like that's a true warrior. So when I started to get involved with all the mindfulness stuff and all the meditation, you know, I absolutely saw a sharpening of, you know, my senses, my abilities, my, my presence of mind, um, my focus, like there was an absolute sharpening of these things. So hmm. as I started to gradually practice more, my incompetent, you know, in sport, it, it, you know, made me much better. So it's going to help the general sportsman, no matter what they are. But the reason why it helped me more is because you know, athletic-wise, I've always been an athletic kid. You know, I'm, I'm good at sports. Yeah. I was gifted. But my problem is mentally. I could, you know, I've had such an up-and-down path. It's because of my mind. You know, I've been trying to fight my mind. I, You know, I do better sometimes. I do worse sometimes. So when the mental aspect that I, you know, I got everything from meditation, that's really what, that was my medicine. That allowed me to break into the into the sports world and really you know, just with things about being okay with anxiety and, and pressure of the performance. Like that first fight I lost, my 14th fight, yeah. whole training camp filled with what should have been fun, learning, all the stuff that are, are good things was actually filled with stress, worry, panic, anxiety, you know, and this is, I was, you know, it was a long time ago. It was in, in 2011, right? So I had mm. just met my wife, weren't even married then. Our The baby was two weeks old when that fight was. And now my background is, you know, I was uh, alternate for the Olympics, so I didn't fight. I just was able to travel to Beijing with the team. 
great yeah. experience. You know, what I, I'm a competitor. I would love to fight, yes, but just being there, um, you know, I had a really good amateur career, top of the breed, but I started boxing not till I was 16 or 17 years old, so I kind of just picked it up fast. And I'm also, the you know, like I said about my striving, gym all day every day learning at the, at the beginning it was a lot of learning it was just it was a passion and you couldn't rip me out of the gym because that's the type of person i am it's all in you know so yeah. i got good fast i, I worked hard i, I went 13 and 0 you know 13 was a, you know amazing and boxing's my life you know what i mean right now just met my wife you know i think we had only known each other for a couple months before and the baby my first son liam was born so our training camp should have been filled with learning and getting ready for this biggest fight of my life on national TV on Showtime. You know what I mean? Like this is my chance. You win this fight, yeah. and, and you know your next fight is you're breaking through. So I came up to the fight. Long story short, with the fight, it was a total disaster. Deer in the headlights. You know, it was mm. everything that went, <laughs> everything that you could have pictured went wrong. You know, in my mind, went wrong because I was so focused on everything being perfect. It had to be perfect. But anyways. And, and also, now that I'm older, and I, I look back and I'll tell you exactly what happened with that first scenario. What happened was is that training camp was filled with, with stress, with worry, with anxiety. Not only did I have the pressures of, of sport, the biggest fight of your life at the time, you know, your career. Now I also had the huge, huge pressures of having a new family and having a two-week-old baby just born. Yeah. And, and I'm still a kid myself. You know, I was immature. I, I wasn't willing to face everything i had a closed mind i had you know very narrow point of view so i wasn't even aware of, of these pressures weighing on me as a person that i literally made myself sick coming up to the fight horrible fight broke my yeah. nose in the second round lost my first fight. on top of looking i was literally during the headlights like i had anxiety attack when those lights came on to fight i had a 10 round anxiety attack and i could I can tell you, I've had a couple of panic attacks in my life, and I can remember every one because they're so ingrained in my brain. Because at one point, I was just so scared of this thing. You know what I mean? That it, always in my head, like, "Oh, is it going to come back?" So that was one of them, and it was an anxiety attack. Ten rounds, broke my nose in the second, and uh, you know, it was tough. It was tough, and I look yeah. back. I look back at that, and I see how I handled after the fight. I went home a, a broken man. My ego, my pride. I was embarrassed. Mm. Uh, thought life was over and do you know and and i'm gonna tell you the rebuttal to all this i i wanted to just tell you this because it, it makes me like this is how i used to think and then i'll tell you the difference and now like you know boxing was everything it was my whole life now that i had my first loss and and i was all this fear of the unknown like i thought life was over man i was so scared i, on top yeah. of that, I had to go into a, a surgery on my nose it, it was horrible you know my wife stood by me and helped me and i was just uh it was a really, really dark time, man, a scary time. And, and yeah. I think on the flip side, you know, you skip a couple of years and I just had the opportunity right now, um, you know, less than two and a half weeks ago. You seen the fight, right? I saw the fight, yeah. Right. So that kid was the same kid that I lost to in my 14th fight. Oh, same guy. Same guy, right? And and so here's here's the process. And it's, you know, I used to always say, crazy how life works but now i change that word crazy to it's so amazing how life works because just when you think you figure something out it, it, it throws you something else it's equally or if not greater amazing and it it teaches you not to try to just see what's in front of you but but 
look at the bigger picture and, and look yeah. at everything. And so I was offered to fight him a couple of times over the last couple of years. And, and I just, I kept saying, no, man, I was not ready. And, and the reason why I wasn't ready is because when you fight someone that did that to you in the ring and that backlash as me as a person doing it to myself, yeah. to take that to take that fight again, you have to be willing to face a lot of demons. Yes, you dude. You have to be willing to, right. And as you know, the at this point, the physical part to it doesn't even matter. I mean, I'm, I'm a professional for many years. I can go to the gym. I can get in the best shape of my life. That doesn't change. No matter who I'm fighting, I'm going to get in shape. The game plan changes. But for this fight, it's 100% mental. And, and I knew that, and I wasn't ready for a long time. And I kept saying no, and I kept saying no. And then when I was in Ireland, I got offered the fight. And I said, you know what? I, uh, I'm going to take this fight. I said, yes. I said, you know what? I am ready. I'm ready to face all this stuff. And I was very scared. I'll tell you the truth. I was very scared, mm. Mm. but I knew I had known that from my, from my practice, I might've been scared, but I, but I was equipped to handle anything to, yeah. because right before that fight, I had this, I had a huge name fight, this guy, Paul Malinaji from New York. It would have been my chance to break through again. Like that, like now he was a big name. Like that's the fight that you are looked for as you start your career. You know what I mean? And it was here. And I play, I trained for that fight for, for a long time and he got cut a week before the fight and pulled out. And I had known by the way that I handled that fight, you know, I literally got a new opponent and fought another kid a week later. And I was so go with the flow. You know what I mean? You cannot mm. control life, but I can control somewhat how I react to it. So I was, the the focus changed in a split of a second. I accepted that, you know, this kid was hurt and it, I was sad. Yeah, disappointed, but I still had my chance to compete. At the end of the day, my flow state, my, my chance to actually compete is really the only important thing. So I switched and I knew handling that fight that, that, you know, I was equipped. I was ready to take on this task of what needed to be done for this second fight to fight this yeah. kid again. And yeah. like I said before about life, it's amazing how it works out. So I ended up having my second child and the fight was only two weeks after my kid was born. Dude, so, unbelievable. Right, right. So I, I, I literally took the same exact process and recreated it because the first fight I didn't lose to so per se Bracero in the ring. You know, you could have been standing in the ring that night. I lost because I lost to the process. I wasn't aware right. of the pressures, the right. anything. I lost to the process, and I beat myself up. So for this fight, you know, I'm, I'm thrilled and excited to take on this process again and, you know, give it a fresh outlook and a fresh chance. So that's what I did. And I did it awesome. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I did everything. To, you know, I don't look back. I don't have any regrets. I trained hard. I trained my body hard. I trained my mind very hard. I grew at many different times. I, I'm really content and happy with the, with the with the work that I that I put in. And um, man, I got knocked out in literally 30 seconds. It was, you know, you look at something like that. Like I'm a smart fighter. I don't really get hit that much. I'm a very good boxer. I've never yeah. been dropped. I've never been knocked out. And, and you know, you look at that through a filter of compassion. I'm not one anymore. I used to question them, change them, want something different. And now I'm, not, you know, I don't question them. I just look for the signs. And I accept them because, you know, I look at it through a filter of compassion for this. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, he needed that fight. And for whatever reason, he got it. And maybe he'll go on to win another fight and make a lot of money for his family. And I'm okay with that. And I'm genuinely happy for him. And, and 
I don't take anything away from him, man. He did his job and it was awesome. And I didn't, I didn't lose to the process for the fight. I did the process awesome. He'd be fair and square. It was what was meant to happen. And I'm okay with that. So I'm okay with it. I'm a very smart kid and I enjoy boxing and I love to do it, but I don't have to do it. You know what I mean? Like, yes, I understand boxing is just a sport. You know what I mean? And it's going to be gone one day and I'm going to have to go to plan B. And when that time comes, I'm going to be very excited about plan B. You know what I mean? And I don't know about my future in boxing, but I'm okay with everything that happened. And you just have to, I'm proud of myself, man. You know what I mean? I, I, I did. As you should be, man. Right. Right. Like I, I, I'm okay with everything that happened. And I think that it's just another one of those crucial turning points in my journey that makes it that much more amazing and, and unknown, really unknown. You know, I used to be so scared of the unknown. I didn't yeah. even want to get off the couch. And now, now I'm really learning to embrace it, to see the magic in it, not, not the fear of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. A couple of things stand out to me in, in your kind of response to this question about warriorship is like, so one thing I was going to ask you as a follow-up, like, but you, you, you know, you totally hit, hit it, but you, I was going to ask you, how has it helped you deal with the difference between loss and victory. And, and of course, you, you know, this answer you just gave there, what you see is like from the first fight to the second fight, your focus going from the superficial for one thing, just the, the out external events and circumstances really dictating you as a person, like your level of happiness, your level of composure, your level of stress, your level and sense of fulfillment fundamentally to like the second one, your focus obviously shifted like m to a much deeper level where you're just focused on the process itself. Right. And that's like a very fundamental difference because the thing is, like you said, keeping the big picture, when you're focused on the process, I mean, this is what I've certainly found for myself. A whole different, well, one, we, we kind of touched on this, a different world opens up, but a different perspective. It's like how you see everything, how you contextualize things, and then the kind of intelligence that is available to you as you move through whatever it would be, your training and your or your actual competition. It's a different order, right? Your presence is completely different. But yeah, then I, mean, you're, I was a completely different person. Yeah. A completely different fight one to fight two. Yeah, you can hear it, man. And you, you look at it this way, too. I mean, man, yeah, I lost the fight. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's a sporting event. And, you know, if anything, what really ego, pride, embarrassment, like that's all silly stuff. That's all stuff that I create. So, you know, I dealt with that right away and a couple other things. And, you know, that doesn't take away work that I did to myself. I made myself a better person in that training camp. And that's work that carries over forever. And that is what the, the really important thing is. And I said it from day one, a lot of the time... You Sport is just a reflection of how you are as a person, and I do think that you, sh if you sharpen yourself as a person, you're going to sharpen yourself in every aspect of what you do, whether it be work or life or you know sport. I mean, that's how that's how it has to be. And I think the biggest time is that life works so amazing. I keep saying it's because look, all that mental work I did was in my mind at the time to what get prepared for this to be more mentally able to be in the moment and fight better than him that's what in my mind i think that i'm doing so and yeah. when i say i'm doing i you know endless days i had four hours of meditation on numerous days i mean i was on the pillow at any second of the time i was not 
physically training, right? So I literally was training 24 hours a day and I put so much mental work. And in my mind, it was with the idea to beat this kid to win a boxing match. Yeah. In actuality, now that I look back and I, I saw it as it was happening, but now that I look back, what happened was is everything right. I grew as a person and I lost the fight. All the work that I did mentally is what made me okay with dealing yeah. with that loss. Totally. You on national TV, you know, a, a huge loss in what you've done your whole life. Like all I've ever done is boxing. You know, that's the type of thing that, especially with me and my personality, you know, I used to be an alcoholic. So, you know, I'm, I'm all in a lot of the time that could be a devastating thing or something that kind of makes you grow. A loss like that could take you back. And, you know, I could see it in the eyes of people around me, how they were really, really worried about me. They were worried. Yeah, because, you know, it was a scary thing. I still haven't watched it. I'm not ready to yet. I don't want to see myself in that situation. But yeah. Like, but like it was a scary thing to see. Not you know now, potentially I'm fr- I'm gonna be all right. I went to the doctor, but it was a scary thing to see. So yeah, they were worried about that, but they were also worried about how I was gonna react. You know, and this is what I'm seeing out of people. You know, my friends, my wife. You know, people that are real close to me. They're seeing how I'm gonna react, and all that work that I did leading up to it. This is exactly what I did after that fight. The day after that fight. You know, I had a concussion in the hospital. There's a big gap. I can't really remember, like, a couple hours. I only have really, um, like, snapshots. And the doctor said that I'm never going to get that that memory back. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so I came home, and the day after, uh, I took my wife and my two kids, and we drove down to the Cape. The Cape is my sanctuary. I, I love it there. It's just something mm. about it. And it just worked out that there was a house available for me through someone I know. It was off-season. She let us stay there for, for four days. And what I did is I went down there and I brought my meditation pillow. And for the, I think for maybe the first time in my life during it, not after it and having to go back in and really face it, but during the storm, I just sat on that pillow for, for three days and just really so everything that was there within the, the embarrassment, the ego, the loss, you know, I faced everything. I, saw what was there. I allowed myself to be okay with everything to trust the process to really heal in a sense you know what I mean yeah and you know it's funny because I thought I was doing it all to win that fight in actuality I was doing it to you know for whatever reason I have a couple you know educated guesses on why it was happening but was that really what got me through those past days and allowed me to grow you know even more even more in a, in a way that I haven't ever so it's powerful stuff, man. Wow. That's awesome, man. I know. It's uh it's awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. That's like the perfect perfect word for it. It's awesome. I mean, just when you uh you know, life is such an awesome thing, man. I the sun is just that much brighter and you know, I think my mindfulness practice really has allowed me to have, you know, more kindness and more compassion for, you know, just just myself and people, but for, you know, earth, for the trees, for being here, for being a part of it. You know, just being in the experience as it's happening. Yeah. That's, that's one of the biggest things. For a long time when I was on autopilot, I was never in the experience. And I missed so much. You know, I was always either going back or going forward. I was one of the biggest things with meditation is, is but I can be okay with being still now. I can go sit in the living room, no TV, no noise, nothing. I can just sit there. Hmm. Long time, my whole life. 
that was never an option. You know, I was always on the run. I'm going here. I'm going here. And because I didn't want to sit with myself. I didn't want to see what was there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's a, it's, that's a really big thing. How did your family respond to your response? Given just that in terms of how you've described it, so categorically different from the first time. And then also, of course, your history. And then, you know, you obviously chose to deal with this loss with tremendous dignity and kind of self-possession, even though it maybe didn't feel like that. But I'm curious, what what did your, you said everyone was also worried about how you were going to respond. Like, what were the signs and signals you were getting back from people as they saw you deal with the loss in this way? Um, my immediate circle, like the people that were checking in with me on a daily basis, I think at first they were really worried about obviously my health. Was my head yeah. okay? And um, you know, they were calling me more than often and checking in and, you know, I had a couple of people you know, picking me up and, you know, just being there for me really. And, uh, yeah. you know, as my, as my medical issues got better and I'm passing tests at the doctors and doesn't think there's any long term damage. Um, and I'm as I feel better now. I think they're where he switches into, you know, how am I going to handle it? Am I going to go up the deep end? Am yeah. I going to be just absolutely depressed for four months, not get off the couch and, and this and that. And as that didn't happen and as people were seeing me on a daily basis, really using the skillful traits of my brain and, and kind of just, you know, feeling me out. Then I started to think that they under, they understood they're like, I'm okay. You know what I mean? And, um, it was a lot of communication. I, you know, I was, I, I, I'm going to say how I feel all the time because it's how it has to be. So with a lot of communication, they started to get it. And, uh, for the most part, my wife is really the only one who saw me after that first fight because, well, she was the first one to see me the whole time. I didn't go out secluded. I had the surgery. So I was anyway for like a while. I couldn't get out. Yeah. You know, it was so bad. I was secluded, just isolated, miserable, had no idea what to do. So she was really the only one that saw me after that first fight. And so, I mean, she can see the night and day difference. I know she can. I know, I know yeah. for a fact, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and I'm sure that she was worried about me too, but well, here I am. Yeah. I want to ask you a little bit about like your morning routine. So I, I also, I, I love training. I get up early every morning and I meditate yeah. and I've, I've been getting up early for like 20 years and I, I really love that. And I love to hear about other people's routines in the morning. All right. Cause uh, I'd yeah, love to no, hear. That's, yeah. That's, I love routines too. So, so when I was in training camp, it was gym all day. I mean, I trained in the morning, I trained in the afternoon. Um, I trained at night when I was in training camp alone without my family, with all the suffering, I pretty much trained all day, every day. I mean, so yeah. much that I got burnt out. When I revamped stuff into training camp with my way, I did training at home, family in between. You know, I basically learned how to separate. And I yeah. had training out when I was home. It was family. So I, I, I wasn't successful all the time, but I, but I really tried to have a separation there. So then recently my schedule was to, you know, wake up right in the morning, meditate, now this is when I'm in training camp. I'm big into chores. I in the moment focused on what I'm doing and, you know, like, uh, what's his name? I read that book, you know, wash the dishes to wash the dishes. So yeah, I do a lot of, I do a lot of that stuff. Oh, Thich Nhat Hanh. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. That's the book I read uh, nice. when they said that, you know, meditate first in the morning, go get my coffee, uh, come home, 
you know, see my kids, help them wake up. I was a really, when I'm making weight or I'm in training, I'm an early riser, you know, yeah. and on the road and come home, you know, see my family, you know, get them going and go to the gym, come home, meditate again, family, do dinner, go back to the gym, come home, meditate again, go to, go to bed. That kind of was my schedule. Yeah. Um, now that I'm on rest, and I, you know, I couldn't, I can't work out yet. I got a little bit before I can start go working out. Um, I have no schedule, man. I'm kind of just going with the flow. I mean, I make it a point to, yeah. I make it a point to get on the pillow because that's priority. You know, that, yeah. is, that is what evens me, uh, on top yep. of having a, or now we have two kids. It's an adjustment of we do that. It's an adjustment of how I can go about handling my daily life. Everything right now is is in a, in a transition, um, probably more than I've ever been in my life. But I'm okay with it because, you know, all the work that I've done, I, I'm I'm fully on board with being able to handle whatever arises, and I'm kind of just doing it as I go right now. You know what I mean? Of course, yeah, absolutely. I well, definitely make time for the pillow. You know, my meditation practice is not just, it doesn't matter where else is going. That is the one pillar there because that is what makes me okay. It's not even that I want to do it. Like I love to do it. Meditation is awesome. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's wicked hard. Sometimes it's uncomfortable and that's just part of it. But this is what I have to do to make me okay if yeah if i'm not okay nothing else is going to be okay around me so this yeah. is what keeps me to how in my opinion i want to live life you know what i'm yes. saying like, like if i could pick out the way on a blank paper and say this is how i want to live life by doing these by being like this by doing this by not doing that meditation is what gets me closest to that or always in that general vicinity. Totally, man. Last question is, so for people who are listening who may be newer to meditation, can you offer any words of advice or tips for people who are just getting started? Just sit and keep sitting. I mean, don't, that's, that's my advice. Just sit and keep sitting. You know what I mean? Because too many times in my experience, I sat expecting something, trying for something different, you know, want something else or a lot of the times, you know, have fallen asleep and being like, oh, this isn't working. Keep pushing through it and don't act anything or act like something's not working or it's working. You just got to sit and keep sitting. And once you start seeing what's there, you can start figuring some, some stuff out for yourself. Beautiful. Danny, thank you so much. Where can people, if people want to learn more about or follow your boxing or connect with you directly like do you have a website is what's the best way for people to follow up and and uh, learn more about your work uh, yeah i got a i got twitter doc underscore boxing i got a website it's in on boxing.com i tell you to reach me is just you know tweet at me i see everyone i, I listen to everybody nice and everybody i will put this in the show notes i'll link up danny's website and his twitter address so you can reach out to him directly. And uh, Danny, thank you so much, man. This is awesome. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Danny O'Connor. To follow up with Danny or learn more about his boxing, you can check out the links in the show notes for episode 34 at aboutmeditation.com forward slash podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, 
I'd love it if you could leave us a star rating and a review over on iTunes. That is really the biggest way that you can help other meditators to discover this show. Just head on over to aboutmeditation.com forward slash iTunes and you can let us know what you like and what you don't like. And I read all your comments and I appreciate every one of them. So thank you. Also, you can pick up some free meditation resources at our website. As part of our Meditation for Life series, you can grab two 20-minute guided meditations and also a three-part meditation seminar. It's really great stuff, and I think you're going to love it. Just visit aboutmeditation.com. We also have some courses over there. If you want to go deeper, you can check those out as well. As always, we're going to end with a quote. This one is from the Zen master Thich Nhat Hanh who says, while washing the dishes, one should only be washing the dishes, which means that while washing the dishes, one should be completely aware of the fact that one is washing the dishes. At first glance, that might seem a little silly. Why put so much stress on a simple thing? But that's precisely the point. The fact that I am standing there and washing these bowls is a wondrous reality. I am being completely myself, following my breath, conscious of my presence, and conscious of my thoughts and actions. There's no way I can be tossed around mindlessly like a bottle slapped here and there on the waves.